You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Packers the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. We have another of our Rookie Orientation series coming today. Darnell Savage, the Maryland star, coming in. The Packers traded up in the first round to get him, and Jeff Ehrman from 247 Sports covering the University of Maryland is going to be on the show today. So we're going to talk with him in just a little bit, I want to let you know we have the Texas A&M guys coming. Kingsley Kiki and Jay Sternberger are going to be uh, coming up on our Rookie Orientation Series. I have the, the Zadarius Smith uh, free agent show scheduled. It's going to be coming next week. So I had a little snark in my mentions yesterday when when the show came out and and uh, about not having that show yet, but having to talk about some of this other p- potentially more extraneous storylines in Packer Nation. I understand that frustration. I understand that premise. You know, we have to deal with what we have to deal with, and when news breaks, we have to cover it, and that's why you have a daily show. And the beauty of a daily show is when you're ready to come back and and have that conversation, we can have it. And if I have something, you know, with this Darnell Savage interview, you can go listen to it in a month. That's the cool thing. It's not going to change. I mean, unless one of these guys gets hurt, these rookie orientation series shows, you can go back. Someone has a great game and you're like, well, wasn't there a story we heard from someone about a thing they did and that led us to this point? Yeah, we can come back and listen to this episode. That's the beauty of radio on demand. None of this stuff has to be listened to in order. I get texts all the time from from friends and messages from listeners who listened to a show a week or two ago and say, hey, you know, I'm just catching up on this and, and this was really interesting to me or, hey, I didn't agree with this thing you said or whatever it is. And, you know, it's heartening to know that you're willing to go back and, and listen to older episodes because some of this stuff is breaking news. But I also understand that not everyone engages with this the way that I do. And if you're one of those people who is constantly online like I am, constantly on Twitter and following all this stuff and all the discussions going on and the machinations on Packers Twitter and what's happening with you know the Packers blogosphere and sports talk radio and all that stuff, it's my responsibility to be up on all that. And I know it's not yours. So while you know I consume these things differently, I understand that, that you consume them in, in your own specific type of way. And that's fine. That's great. That's the beauty of on-demand radio. And if you skip an episode or two because it's not really what you're interested in, I understand. It, it hurts my feelings a little bit. 
I'm not gonna lie. I want you to. I want you to take part in in everything we do here, but I understand it. We're gonna get to Jeff in just a little bit, but I want to start out uh, just with a little intro to Darnell Savage, and I want to. I want to sort of set the stakes here because I wrote a piece for Acme Packing Company yesterday about the the way that this defense can take a step forward, and what I said was the the pass rushers are gonna get the headlines. You spend all this money on Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, and you go out and you spend a first-round pick, a high first-round pick, on another outside linebacker in Rashawn Gary. Even though he can play on the defensive line, he can play a number of positions for you. You're still spending that money, and you're still spending that draft capital on these guys. But the Packers last year, their pass rush, Top 10 in sacks, top 10 in adjusted sack rate, top 10 in pressure rate. The pass rush in a vacuum was not the problem. The problem was, number one, Mike Patton had to do a lot to manufacture that pass rush. But that's always been a hallmark of a Rex Ryan defense. It's been the blitzes that get you home consistently and especially in big spots. The problem last year for the Packers was really not the pass rush. The problem was what happened on the plays when the pass rush didn't get home, when they didn't create pressure. And that was a result of bad secondary play. The reason they didn't take a step forward was the secondary didn't play well enough. Now that's injuries. Kevin King, Jair Alexander, those guys couldn't stay healthy. So what do you do in the offseason? You sign Adrian Amos who was a priority for them, clearly. And you move up in the draft to get Darnell Savage. Now you have two starting safeties with Josh Jones. You can play big nickel. You can play them in a number of different ways. They're all versatile, not interchangeable pieces, but adaptable pieces, malleable pieces. And now Tremont Williams can go back to playing cornerback, which is where he's most comfortable. It's where he should be playing anyway. And so now you have a secondary that has Jair Alexander, who you think can be a star player. You have Kevin King, who if he can stay healthy, if he can stay on the field, has shown that he can be an impactful player. You still love the talent of Josh Jackson. And just that three would be a really nice core. But now you have Tremont Williams, who can play a little bit here, a little bit there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they play a a sort of big nickel package where Tremont Williams comes in as the third, we'll call him a safety, but he's really going to play all over the place. He'll play in the slot. He'll cover tight ends. He'll cover running backs. He'll do a lot of the things that we saw Josh Jackson do early last year when they didn't have the bodies to do some of the other stuff that they wanted. Now they do. Now they have a safety in Darnell Savage who can run with anyone he has to cover on the field, who can play more effectively against the pass in the deep half or in those medium zones. Adrian Amos, particularly adept in those underneath zones and some of those robber coverages that you're probably going to see more of with Mike Patton this year. The secondary holds the keys to this defense. If they can put their best foot forward and they can improve here, then that is the path forward for this defense. That is the way that they get better. Getting the defense in terms of the pass rush to be better is going to help. 
No question. I mean, the, the, the moves work in conjunction with one another. The pass rush makes the coverage better and the coverage makes the pass rush better. But, uh, you know, I mentioned in the piece, Bill Belichick talks about how, you know, the coverage part of it. You can have a great pass rush, but if you can't cover on those plays where the pass rush doesn't get home, you're just boned. You can manufacture pass rush, and you can. We saw it last year. You can't manufacture coverage. Because if you if you drop th- if you, if you rush three and drop eight, that's still not an assurance that you're going to cover anyone. You still have to do the job. You still have to do the thing, and so that's where the impact of someone like Darnell Savage comes in because he can solidify a, a glaring need on this roster, and then he makes those other moves that you made with the pass rushers look even better. All right, let's get to Jeff Ehrman. He is the publisher of the web's number one source for the University of Maryland Sports and Recording News. He has a podcast that you can find at imsradio.podbean.com. Find his work covering the Maryland Terrapins at maryland.247sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Ehrman. That's E-R-M-A-N-N. Jeff, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Thanks for having me. So uh, I think the Packers shocked a lot of people when they moved up in the first round to snag Darnell Savage out of Maryland. Not a name that that I think you know casual NFL fans were that familiar with. Maryland, not a blue blood program. I don't think I'm offending you by saying that. Uh, at least I hope I'm not. Right. But um, it is. No, no, no. It is interesting the last few years for as you know um, non successful as uh the program has been they have had a couple of first rounders mm-hmm. um when did you sort of have an understanding that that darnell savage was that guy that he was a, a potential you know top 50 first round pick I mean, he stood out pretty early in his career his sophomore year he took over a starting job um in the second half of the season for will likely who was a star who had uh, was injured for that season, took that job and really ran with it. Then, uh, you know, you didn't, he looked good, but you didn't really notice it until I'd say his junior year when you just saw him constantly flying around to the ball. But, and again, as a senior, but I don't think anyone could really claim that as of even, you know, three or four months ago, they thought he'd be a first round pick and the number one defensive back drafted. Nobody really saw that coming. I think he was looked at as a, by most of the third or fourth round, I thought he was a really solid NFL prospect, but at the same time, you know, he doesn't have that prototypical size that that usually guys who get dressed in highs that he did have. So you could definitely see he was special, but it wasn't until late in the game, I think, when uh, scouts, most importantly, really started to catch on to how good he was. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, late in the game. I think a lot of that has to do with the four three six. I don't think that's a, a mystery to anyone. But he is definitely the kind of player that mm-hmm. plays to that speed. Uh, I, I mean, I assume pretty early on it was clear, like, he played at a different speed than everyone else. Yeah, he's really always around the ball. And he when he's one of those guys who – you see him come out of the corner of the screen and make a hit, and you immediately think that it's a linebacker, and it's not. You know, he really, for his size, he hits like a truck. He's got great speed. You know, he says that he ran a 4.29, I think, or 4.26, 
uh, unofficially before the combine. Either way, he's really fast, but his, his anticipation makes him even faster than he is. He's got a great uh, understanding of the game. So you know, he really is, outside of, again, having that freakish size, he's really the total package as a defensive back. Yeah, and that, and that was something else that I think really stands out when you watch him is he, he plays all over the field. He played in the slot. He played deep. He played in the box. Uh, you, you know, and I think it's fair to wonder if they had, you know, two or three more guys like him, maybe he could have been even more impactful. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. And also, you know, he he would have been seen as more impactful, obviously, if Maryland had done had performed better the past few years. You know, they've gone through a down cycle past several years so guys like that tend to get ignored you know he wasn't even a first team all big 10 choice this year you have a guy who's the number one <laughs> defensive back drafted out of anybody at any defensive back position and, and he wasn't even all conference so you know it, it obviously hurts to some extent not being on a winning team but he did uh he did affect the defense last year they were better than they had been before but yeah it's um just one of those situations where if you're not at Alabama or one of those other factories, you can go a little bit underrated. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no question about that. So b- before we get to the NFL projection part of this, let's just say that that you and I are working on a scouting report for Maryland, and we, you know we coach at Michigan or Michigan State or Wisconsin or wherever, mm-hmm. and we watched this Maryland defense on tape. What are we saying about Darnell Savage and the ways that he impacts the game? I think we're saying that he's the best best player on the field most of the time. You know, he's again a guy who can most most guys his size are not well. Most of them are cornerbacks, guys his size to be honest. But you know, he's he's gotten some comparisons to Bob Sanders, the old the former star mm-hmm. with the Colts. I think that's a pretty good comparison. Uh, you're saying that he can defend against the pass and the run. You know, he, he comes up and hits hard. He was one of their leading tacklers, seven interceptions. Uh, the past two years total. So just, again, just an all-around uh, standout defensive player. I guess I want to know about that because you mentioned the size and, and he's really a cornerback size. He's got cornerback speed. So why didn't he play corner? Yeah, he came to Maryland as a corner. And I think he played, he spent a little bit of time there. And that's a really good question. I don't remember what the exact reason they moved him to safety was. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Packers do with him sounds like they're going to keep him at safety, but I don't, I don't know to be honest with you why they made the switch, but clearly it worked out pretty well for him. Yeah. It does seem, um, you know, that a lot of colleges have decided that their safeties are more impactful because they can be moved around. They can play all over the field, given the way that these offenses are spread out. And, and I wonder if that's trickled out into the NFL because it seems like, you know, he played, I don't have the, the pro football focus numbers in front of me, but he played a ton in the slot in coverage. I mean, it's not like yep. he can't do that. No, no, he clearly can't. I mean, with that kind of speed and uh, awareness, he clearly can play in the slot. Uh, so I think that's also another thing that the Packers really liked about him was the versatility. It sounds like they don't, they really need a guy like that on their defense. Mm-hmm. From everything I've read, he should you know, barring a big surprise, should inherit a starting spot right away, and then he's starting to get some hype for preseason hype for defensive rookie of the year. He he certainly has. Uh, I want to ask you some a little bit about some of the intangibles 
uh, and some of the other stuff. I mean, from from what we know, from what's been said about him by the coaches and, and, and what you've watched over the last few years, was this a guy that, that the coaches talked about, you know, that, that they mentioned his work ethic, his leadership, or anything like that? Clearly, yeah. He, he was the leader on that defense from, you know, sophomore, junior year. Uh, you never heard of any sort of problems. He's, you know, a charismatic guy uh, in interviews, even through the struggles that they had the past few years. I mean, Maryland had a really, maybe the most tumultuous season of anyone in the country last year with player Jordan McNair dying mm-hmm. in, during workouts in the preseason and then all the controversies surrounding their coach who was eventually re- brought suspended and then brought back and then fired a day later. So it was really a brutal season, but I think, you know, he was the leader of that defense and he was one of the shining lights throughout all that they went through. Yeah. And that was something else I wanted to ask you. There's a, you know, this, this idea that, that Bill Simmons talks about in the NBA, a good stats, bad team guy. And not that, not that the, you know, Maryland football team is the Phoenix suns, but right. is there any concern that, that these are just, he was the only guy? No, I don't think so. I think that kind of guy usually racks up more offensive numbers, mm-hmm. you know, a, a running back who you give the ball to a million times or, you know, a quarterback who's airing it out all the time because you're losing games or something like that. Or in basketball, you know, a guy who's just chucking up three long game. much harder to, to compile stats defensively, I think, just because you're losing. So, no, I really don't think that's the case with him. I think his numbers are legit. Uh, if anything, you know, they could have been better if he had more help. On the other hand, you know, maybe, maybe there's, you know, actually I would say, yeah, it's probably the opposite because when he's your top guy, he's going to have less opportunities. They're, they're going to be going after him less than the guys on the other side of the field. So long story short, no, I don't think that they're inflated numbers because the team struggles. Well, that was sort of my feeling about it. It was, you know, in college when you only have one corner, let's say, just don't throw at him. And, that, and we see that all the time in college football. They're just like, man, nah, we're just not going to throw at that guy. So the fact that he got as many turnovers as he did, it really does seem to speak to his playmaking ability. I mean, the, the interception that he created for his teammate against Ohio State, the pick six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think you know what play I'm talking about. Yeah. He wasn't near that play. And, and he made that play. It, it seems like those are the, that's the kind of, you know, uh, differentiating trait that makes him different from some of these other safeties. And I think ultimately it's what got him that playmaking ability, got him selected as the first defensive back. Yeah. He, I mean, he's always in the right place. It's pretty uncanny, uh, his anticipation. So that's, I think what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, you know, it's, it's not like, um, it's not like a guy who so many of these guys can't either. It's hard to find a guy who can cover like that, come up and, and lay the wood and also just be in the right place and have those high level intangibles. So yeah, I think, I think that's accurate. He said in an interview, uh, recently with the, with the team website that he likes to, he likes to hit guys and he likes to score touchdowns. Does that, does that seem right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, it does seem right. I mean, you Packers fans will be will be pleasantly surprised that the, when they see him hit, you just don't really expect that out of a guy his size. And that's the last thing that I that I wanted to to bring up, and and that is you know Green Bay when they drafted Jair Alexander last year, you know he was someone that plays with a swagger. He has an yeah. attitude about him, and it's infectious. 
And it seems like Darnell Savage is that same kind of guy that, that, you know, his energy and him flying around and hitting people, you know, it does have a booing effect on the guys around you. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of swagger, you know, when you have guys coming up making those kind of hits uh, from the secondary. It's not a, you know, I wouldn't say he's a swagger kind of guy in terms of somebody who's going to make a big production out of it. He's not, he's not that guy who does a big dance or after he makes a play or anything like that, but uh, he's definitely one of those dynamic kind of players that a defense can feed off of. Yeah, he seems like a, a genuinely humble kid who just likes to play and just likes to have fun. Not a I didn't mean to imply that, you know, he's he's right. gonna be out there, you know, Odell Beckhaming or anything like right, that. Right, right. I was just gonna say that that I, I think Green Bay fans are as excited about him as they have been about uh, any recent first round draft pick, and so you know this is this is really exciting for for him and and hopefully for for you guys that you get to uh, watch him be in a position to succeed. Why don't you let my listeners know if they wanna they wanna find out more uh, about the work that you do, where they can find you, and and where your work is? Sure. So uh, I publish a site called InsideMDSports.com. We're on the twenty four seven Sports Network, and on Twitter you can follow me at Jeff underscore E-R-M-A-N-N. I appreciate you joining the show. And, uh, you know, maybe this time next year, there'll be someone else to to talk about. (laughs) Sounds great. Thank you for having me. All right. I want to thank Jeff again for joining the show. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Ehrman, E-R-M-A-N-N, Maryland.247sports.com. All those websites do a really great job. So, uh, keep an eye out for all of that. They've they've uh, they've consistently turned out some top talent, despite the fact that that team has not been very good, uh, as we talked about. So we'll be back later in the week, back tomorrow, and then Bucks host the Toronto Raptors in Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm actually going to be at that game, covering it for Dime Magazine and Uprock Sports. So uh, keep an eye out for that if you're interested in the Bucks stuff. Locked on Bucks is always there available to you. But we're going to keep doing the Locked on Packers thing. That's what we do. That's how we handle our business around here. I want to spread out those rookie orientations a little bit. Um, like I said, they're not they're not done yet anyway. So we got to go through the editing process and, and and get that stuff locked down. So we will we will bring those to you as we are able. But plenty more to talk about with the Packers as we head toward training camp when the real football at least hints. We get we get flashes of real football in training camp. That's when that's when the real work begins in earnest. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. Leave us a review on iTunes. Tell your friends about Locked on Packers. Let them know why you listen to the show and why they should be listening to the show. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775, to always stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.